0: Hey, it's the JT Looney podcast, episode 97, powered by our friends at Believe. Isn't that cool? Now, if you're into sports betting, bet online is where you should go to win money today. And you should, if, if, if betting isn't one of your vices right now, add it to the plethora of vices you already have. What's one more? Your wife won't care, your girlfriend, your lover, your partner. Wish I had a partner. I got an enemy. <laughs> anyway, whether it's live bets during games or futures for who you think going to win the championship, Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Check out their website today. And they are a modern operation. You can use your mobile device. It says mobile device here on the copy. This must be a foreigner writing this. Mobile device. Who uses the term mobile device? Use your phone go to betonline.ag and you know just for being friends with JT and Looney you can get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. How about that Mr. Fung? So before the next big game head on over to betonline and start playing today. Bet on Did I say today? I got to stop drinking. Today. Not today. God. Ponderous. Bet online your online sp- your online sports book experts. I got to start doing my lip and tongue exercises before I do this. Oh, now it's time for the JT and Looney podcast, episode
1: 97. So, uh, you personal trainer, how many days a week? I'm doing four days a week. Oh, great. I'm, I'm doing four days a week. I still got to lose a little down here, but I'm doing these things. Like yesterday's workout started off with a sprint on those air bikes, you know, with the fans. Yeah, yeah. Just so grueling. After a minute of going nonstop, two-minute warm-up, and then a whole bunch of lunges warming up, and then the clock goes to 25, 45 seconds hard boxing, hard. I mean, he's, he's wearing a full-on protected body vest, wow. pads, boom, 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 you know, fast boxing and all that. And then to stop, 15-minute break, then a 50-pound sandbag thrown down the driveway, run, pick it up, up the driveway, in 10 seconds you feel like you're dead oh, 45 seconds then uh, on the ground mountain where you bring your knees up to your chest when you're on the ground
0: oh this that, is great
1: that and then going into this putting arms putting our arms in this gadget when then pulling up and doing yeah. knee raises oh great Bad, great, right. great 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 right after 15 seconds you can't do any one more but you gotta do it for 45 and then after that one more lunge thing with dumbbells lunging Lifting dumbbells, lunging, and that's one set, and you do four sets, 45 seconds on, 15 off, and by the end of the fourth set, it feels like you were just in jail, and you you can't breathe. And then the workout's over, 25 minutes.
0: Oh, it's so perfect for your attention span. It's great for you. You know, this all kind of was born out of mixed martial arts, where they, you know, so many people, and you know, in bars and chicken wing places. They would have televisions on and when there's nothing else on They got MMA on all the time. And people would say, I want to look like that. How do they get looking like that? Because they wrestle, they box, they run, they lift weights, they do karate, they do Muay Thai. They have to do it all. And that's how they, and so that's where the kind of CrossFit thing came from was because it was like mixed martial arts. You're doing all these different things. It's so good for you because it shocks your body. You're you're really revving up your metabolism because your body doesn't know it goes not getting used to any one workout
1: because there's no one workout. Well, I think it'd be a much better workout if I didn't have guns and roses Friday night and have to have ten <laughs> double digit cocktails. And this <laughs> and that and friends coming. Jimmy B, Bobby G, the whole crew coming in to visit for a big weekend because we're in our mid 50s and we love rock and roll and drinking. And, and yeah. rock stars are not around much anymore. Uh, Charlie Watts passed away at the age of 80. <laughs> The drummer of the Rolling Stones, check out this fun fact. He's married to the same woman for over 50 years. Wow. He's played with the Rolling Stones for 60, and he died at the age of 80. Tell me a more unique, what else you want in life? You're, you're, you're in the back of the Rolling Stones looking at Mick in front of 70,000 people. Your wife is your soulmate, and the band you've been in, you've been in for 60 years yeah
0: since 1963 he started playing with that band and it, it's you know they were a huge part of my life uh i never stopped talking about the rolling stones when i was a teenager and i was in my 20s never stopped listening to the rolling stones uh i was born i it was the first concert i ever went to at rich stadium it was before i ever had a stones album i just knew it was a great event i never even i had one album and i think it was my brother's sticky fingers and which was incredible and so i knew the songs didn't really know what they looked like and then mick jagger comes out you know and that's a stage presence like no other on the planet and i was hooked from that first concert i went to although it did ruin every other concert for that you know when it's a first concert and there's eighty thousand people and people are naked and guys have their girlfriends on their shoulders and the girls have no shirts on and people are it's it's, it's like you're in amsterdam but you're in buffalo people are smoking and drinking and it, it was like woodstock and i was 15 and it was one of the great experiences of my life and charlie watts was part of that and you're right drummers do lead a great life because you know they do have an insecurity thing they're looking at the back of the band uh, the entire time but so that is a kind of a weird spot that they're in on the other hand a lot of times other than a couple of guys like don henley and uh phil collins if they're not singing they can you know our friend steve gorman was the yes. drummer, drummer of the black crows they toured with the rolling stones and i have a great story about he and charlie watts but you know he would he could play at rich stadium which he did in front of 80,000 people and then get off the stage and go across the street to a bar and watch the end of a game. But people didn't know that he was the guy, one of the guys on stage across the street because he was the drummer. There was a great, great advantage and disadvantage uh, to being a drummer. The disadvantage is you don't get as much ego gratification. On the other hand, you can go to a bar and watch a game without everyone bothering you. So drummers do lead a really cool life. And almost like the Pope in the way that if you took the the, if you took the, uh, <laughs> the Pope Charlie Watts analogy, if you took the Pope out of the Vatican, you know, Pope John Paul II used to go skiing because he just like, looked like a, a fat guy skiing. Uh, nobody knew that the Pope was skiing because no one was saying, here comes the Pope. If you don't say, here comes the Rolling Stones, a drummer or here comes the Black Crows or whomever might be able to walk in and out of a bar. Unnoticed, but what a great life! I ramble. What a great life that Charlie Watts led!
1: Yeah, and everybody who knows the podcast and might know me a little bit and us, I met my wife at the Rolling Stones. If it wasn't for Charlie Watts, if Charlie was ill that night and couldn't perform, I don't meet my wife at the center bar of the Hard Rock, the old Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Vegas. And I believe in fate. My whole life, even getting to this podcast, was about fate. Where was I at a moment? Why did I go through that door? Why did I show up at that concert? Why did I go to the Stones? Why did my mentor, Andrew Ashwood, FedEx me Stones tickets from San Antonio to Vegas? Because he couldn't attend. And that's the night I meet my wife in the front row. I bring her up to the front row with Tommy Lee, Jack Nicholson, David Spade, Gene Stimmons, Sting. And I'm in the middle of that with my wife's first, you know, first 45 minutes to an hour and a half that I met her as strangers. And we're looking up at Charlie Watts playing drums for the Rolling Stones. So when this Stones news hit, we're holding tickets to November 6th at Allegiant Stadium, because whenever the Stones go on sale, we buy it. Right. With VIP members. And we try to go. My wife went to Chicago last year. I've seen them all around the country. The band will play on, which I think is a good tribute to Charlie. Because Charlie's a drummer, they got a great drummer. In great the girl, drummer! Oh my God! Step up for Charlie, and you can't carry on the Stones without Mick and Keith. No disrespect to Ron Wood. I'm looking at the artwork in your house. Right. You're a Ronnie Wood fan, just like Charlie. They're great, but they're kind of replaceable. But Mick and Keith are the pulse of the band, and the band will go on.
0: Well, right. The Doors couldn't go on without Jim Morrison. Yes. The Rolling Stones don't go on without Mick Jagger. Or keith richards and there's plenty of bands that go on and on over the years because the core stays together a few things from what you said steve jordan who will be the drummer who will replace charlie watts has also been part of the soundtrack of our life did you know that i did explain please yes oh my god the 70s the 80s the 90s the new millennium steve jordan was the drummer in the blues brothers i'm a soul man and he was the drummer on Oh Nothing, Late Night with David Letterman, <laughs> Late Show with David Letterman. Uh, he's had quite a long, uh, a, a great career that's been a soundtrack of a lot more people, people's lives than they realize. And, Absolutely. Yeah, that Paul Schaefer band. And, and the Paul Schaefer band was also the Blues Brothers band. And, and the Paul Schaefer band, that's the David Letterman band. That's, that's all the same band. And so he's got a great, uh, you know, a guy who's had his 10,000 reps over the years, working a lot more than Charlie, actually. Over the years, Charlie didn't have to. I was just watching. You were talking about doing your, your incredible workouts that you've been doing and drinking and partying and going to concerts. And I was just before we pushed record, I was watching uh, Peacock. It's a Rolling Stones documentary live from Hyde Park. Mm-hmm. They did a concert there in 1969, and then they did one there a few years ago. It was there; They've only played there twice, and it's. I only watched about the first 20 minutes before we pushed record here. And I'm looking at the guys, and you watch them setting up the stage in the Marlboro Reds, you know, the three packs of Marlboro Reds that are either for Ron Wood or Keith Richards. And I'm thinking, these guys, wow, they're smoking Marlboro Reds. And look at them. They're skinny. They're in shape. They're uh well they're skinny i don't know if they're in shape but they look like rock stars because they're all so skinny and they're in their 70s ron's the youngest one and and it's do what you love for a living and you'll live a long time charlie watts died for the most part because
1: he was 80 charlie watts had an incredible life yeah. and all the other drummers and musicians from paul mccartney to bruce Spring- springsteen to all the other icons that are still alive they're all paying tribute to him. Uh, Charlie Watts, rest in peace. You know, I think when you could talk about news, we've been doing a lot of COVID. We have. Mm, we've done yeah. a lot of COVID over this, uh, the birth of this podcast. And you should be able to talk about it without destroying Dr. Fauci or ripping the president or the former president. You right. should just talk about what, what the issues are.
0: Yeah, the marketplace of ideas does not necessarily have to intersect with the World Wrestling Federation.
1: So Pat McAfee, who's on the Mad Dog lineup, former Colts punter, he's got COVID. He's in the lineup I work oh, on, man. Mad Dog, and vaccinated, vaccinated. And he put out the fact that he had, he showed his thermometer at 104.5 degrees. If you follow Pat McAfee, you can go back on Twitter and see what's going on. He was trending for quite some time once he announced that he had COVID. And he put it out fully vaxxed, very positive, Out indefinitely. It's miserable, but thankful that my wife and the boys at the office all took tests and they all came back negative. This is obviously a sign from the universe, probably telling me that I stink and to stay home for a while. And he showed his thermometer at 104.5. And I just bring this up because someone's vaccinated. Someone's vaccinated, a former athlete, still in shape. He does a lot of wrestling commentary and he's great on the radio. That what's going to save him, hopefully, like everyone, is being vaccinated. Exactly. As this horrible virus invades their body and kicks the shit out of them, kicks the shit out of them. But thank God the vaccine's pumping through his veins.
0: Yeah. Nine out of the last 10 days, as you know, I've been anchoring the news at KABC in Los Angeles. I usually just do weekends, filling up out, filling out the whole week this week. And it's COVID, COVID, COVID. Ninety nine point nine percent. It's like 99.99999% of the people who are in the hospital are the ones who haven't been vaccinated. I got some news today mm-hmm. about my childhood friend, Eric Olson. He grew up across the street. Been, uh, going to, I went to school with him from third grade to 12th grade. He was one of the smartest guys in our class, and he was a natural-born public speaker. He graduated top in our class. He wasn't a valedictorian or a salutatorian, but he was up in that neighborhood. When he gave his speech, I went to Catholic schools. When he gave his speech, Eric Olson sounded like a 40-year-old priest when he was 15 giving a speech. Unbelievable, talking about faith and God and Jesus and values, and stuff that most 15 of his speeches sounded like a 40-year-old minister. Uh he was amazing. And one of the smartest guys I ever knew didn't stay in touch past high school, but he just died. He and his brother both died within a week of each other from COVID. And one of the smartest guys I ever knew, and he didn't get a vaccine. I didn't ask many questions when I found out through a mutual friend today who was closer and stayed in touch over the years because I didn't think it was appropriate to ask. But it was the first thing on my mind was why why did one of the smartest guys that I've ever known mm-hmm. not get a vaccine? He's it, it, that's what I really find confusing. I can see where other people, you know, and especially in America, where people the information age and people could be fooled, and then they don't want to admit that they've been fooled, et cetera. That's human. But uh, even you know, incredibly smart people for one reason or another, aren't getting the vaccine. And I just wish uh, no matter smarts or not, that's not polite. I just wish people would get it and we could, you know, stop dying.
1: Well, this is the, this is now the pandemic of the unvaccinated. So this is the pandemic of the unvaccinated. And what a lot of people say who shame people or get mean or get really just loose and stupid on social media is that when they see someone sick in the hospital, they'll say, well, wow, you're unvaccinated and now you need the doctors and nurses. You really need that ventilator. Now, when you were talking about no COVID's no big deal and you don't need to be vaccinated and you're standing on your soapbox and I'm fine and it's not going to get me. Then all of a sudden, the last chance you have to live because you can't breathe anymore is you got to go to a doctor and to a hospital and have an emergency room nurse stand over you and adjust your ventilator. I watched on the news uh, yesterday in Vegas. The best interviews are when they interview doctors and nurses.
0: Yes, thank you. All the
1: bullshit. And this nurse, they were talking about how the where, how it's so mentally difficult on these nurses because they don't have reinforcements. You know, it's not like the military. You can draft someone, get on in back in the old days and fill it up here you just can't tell a kid in high school hey man uh, you could be a nurse in a matter of a year or two and we'll put you in an emergency room there's only so many people who can do that well no it's it's,
0: no you can't tell a kid in high school or college or a full-grown adult adult, we need you as a nurse and hey look it only takes 15 minutes to become one you just have to fill out this
1: application it takes years and it's so difficult on them it's so difficult on them what they have to do and think about think about nurses and doctors who want to take vacation they can't not only can't they because they're so tied into this patient their patients and pandemic they wouldn't enjoy a vacation they'd be sitting on their vacation going guilty Get back. yeah i want yep. to go help but i, I saw this and a lot I, of I, just know,
0: to, just just to tag yeah. on what you said jt is nurses you know who do all the work doctors are amazing But, you know, doctors have to come through and doctors have so many patients and then they 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 write out what needs to be done. And then the nurses are the troops that get it done. And there's a lot of burnout. And it's a very difficult
1: job without COVID to be a nurse. So when we see people saying, well, why are people running to the hospital when they get COVID? They're doing it because they think they're going to die. Yeah. When you're when you're in a panic mode, when you have the COVID virus, from what I've read and talked to people and it gets really bad. The last thing you want to do is go to the hospital because, you know, once you walk in the doors, it's your last ditch effort. If you can stay home, Tom, as long as possible and beat it and find a way to kind of get through it, man, you're fortunate. But if you got to get your significant other to take you to the hospital and they say, oh, yeah, you're right. Let's check you in. And then a day later, they're putting you on a ventilator and you weren't vaccinated the whole time. You don't need to hear from other people going forward that you weren't vaccinated. Now you need prayers, support. You need some luck. You need life. And you need to be someone who survives that. And and we got to get through that, man. I mean, I, the unvaccinated are the ones in the hospital, but I pray for them just as much as anybody else over this unbelievable, unbearable pandemic.
0: Well, there is, um, you know, there is Supreme court precedent, going back to the 1800s, smallpox and other, flus, etc. when it comes to this is what's going to change the percentage of people that get vaccines, because people will have to if they want to continue working where they work, because your work can make you get a vaccine. They can't sit down and make you put it in your arm, but they can fire you. And without any loss or anything, you, you can get fired if you don't get a vaccine. And that's, you know, the Supreme Court isn't going to hear any and the courts aren't going to side with any people. Over employee, over employers, that goes back 100 years. So with the military and employers forcing people in Delta Airlines, et cetera, forcing people to
1: get their vaccine or you're not going to work here, then people are going to get it. That's a fascinating topic because we weren't planning on podcasting on this. But let's stop and revisit this on the mandate. You're either pro vaccine or not. The days now that Pfizer made it uh, FDA approved, Mm -hmm. there's no more research. You're done. Here's why you're not smart enough to do the research of the (laughs) FDA. You don't have to to believe the FDA. I'm not saying believe in it. You don't have to believe the FDA, but you're not smarter than the scientists and the people that graduated from Stanford and Harvard. (laughs) Oh, you know why
0: I'm laughing? You're, you're hitting my button, JT. Research. You hear people talking about doing research. Do you know that people who do research make 50 to $100 an hour? Research is hard, intense Full-time work, whether it's sci- scientific research or anything. So there's no average person who didn't do their homework in high school and or barely did their homework in high school or barely did their homework in
1: college or didn't go to college. All of a sudden, you're a researcher? Shut up! And the poster guy for that, the poster guy for that, which is a small world with us because we know the guy who asked the question, is Lamar Jackson. Jerry Coleman in Baltimore at the practice of that asked after the second time, Lamar Jackson got COVID and Jerry Coleman, our friend asked him, well, what what are you going to do? And he says, well, I'm going to talk to the doctors and he started smirking. And it was, it was so disrespectful to the dead, to the sick that he was mocking it after getting it twice and being like, you know, I'm still going to do more research to paraphrase. We can add the soundbite if we want. And Jerry Coleman, I talked to him, I had him on my show and then I talked to him afterwards. I go, what are you going to do the next time you're out there? Well, I'm going to follow up and ask him if he did the research. Because doing research means you go to a library, you take out these big oh. journals, you bring a microscope, you sit there and you talk at length with oh. real epidemiologists. This whole country is full of shit. No one's doing any research. Thank you. Either, they either think they're COVID anti-vax patriots, so they're not going to get it done. And of course, there is a couple, there's a group of people, I won't say a couple, that have prior conditions, women who are pregnant. You have prior conditions that I respect, and you can't take the vaccine. Right. That's not who we're talking about. We're talking about the guy at the corner, Ba, Sully in <laughs> Beantown, going, I ain't putting that in my body, and he has the ability to spread COVID. We're now going on two years. We're at the 18-month mark. A lot of people now can't bullshit and say they're going to wait for more research. FDA approved it with Pfizer, and now... are we still going to give away lottery tickets? Are we still going to give away 25 grand if you wait another month? Do we still have governors and mayors who are going to come on television and say, hey – if you decide to get your vaccine this week, we're going to give you two tickets to the Yankees. We're going to put you in a lottery. We're going to feed you. We're going to do that. Do we still have human beings left on earth that are waiting for a lottery ticket to get a vaccine?
0: Oh, it's surprising. Well, some people are just procrastinators. Uh, You know, uh, there's a lot there to unwrap with what you just said. What really, you know, what I find the most disappointing is my favorite football player in the national football league not even close is lamar jackson you know that oh my god saw him coming out of louisville loved watching him play at louisville he deserved two heisman trophies he used to throw for 300 and run for 300 throw for 200 run for 200 oh my god and then he came into the nfl and did the same thing I love watching Lamar Jackson play. He's my favorite football player in the NFL. And this is so disappointing for
1: me. It is. It's very disappointing. Look, Michael Vick was disappointing because of dogfighting.
0: Yeah, well, that other was worse.
1: Disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> Trevor Bauer's disappointment, disappointing yeah. over his actions, this and that. But, you know, look, we're, I don't want to We don't want to talk about players all the time who are not vaccinated. But the other guys can And Cam, another guy I'm always sticking up for. Yeah, don't you always reminded me, don't make fun of Cam as he dressed up like a woman going to the press conference when he dressed up with the hat (laughs) and almost looked like he had a dress on, and everybody would say, "What? "What? Like really? That's what he's looking like?" And we would say that I would say that in jest, but Cam now could make history this week. He could be the first ever quarterback in NFL history that loses his job for not being vaccinated. Wasn't vaccinated. He got tripped up on a protocol. He left the Patriots, went to see a doctor, but didn't follow the protocol out of the area. So they put him, they have strict rules in the NFL. He had to be be away from the team for four days. So what does that do? He doesn't practice. Doesn't come to the facility. He's in quarantine. He's gone. Mac Jones, the quarterback, gets all the first team reps. What do you think Bill Belichick might do? the greatest coach of all time at the level of Lombardi and Shula. If Belichick wants to send a message, he will tell Cam, you're not starting week one. It's Mac Jones's job. And that never happens, in my opinion, if Cam's vaccinated. He doesn't miss practice. And he has every first team rep against the Giants in the joint workout and starts against them. This will be a very interesting development, Tom, next time we podcast.
0: Yeah, Bill Belichick has had his back the entire way the last couple of years and bill belichick loves people who are dedicated a lot of people would think oh he wouldn't like that clown no he liked chad ochocinco he liked randy moss because he knew work ethic he he, um he cam newton is the guy that since he was in pop warner would wake up and his dad would would come down for breakfast at seven in the morning and cam would be pacing in full uniform you know at eight years old (laughs) in the living room and remember when cam flipped his truck that time and broke his back I think that was the year they were 15 and one. It was it was during the bye week. (laughs) He was going to work during the bye week. He wasn't Cabo. So, uh, you know, he he does dress funny, but he also, you know, he uh, just like Tim Tebow shows up early and leaves late. and He's always been that way. And again, I, I just find it disappointing. But, you know, here's another thing, too, that you and I, it's two white talk show hosts. Mm -hmm. African-Americans have a very paranoid history about because there's been an ugly history in terms of vaccines and experiments done on human beings that look like Lamar Jackson and Cam Newton. And that's something that we can't. First of all, you and I ethically and morally can't wrap our head around it because we just don't understand prejudice and racism and we don't live that way. Mm -hmm. But um, but we also didn't live that life. And have ancestors who look like Cam Newton and Lamar Jackson. So that's a whole other ingredient to it, at least with their background, that I will give a pass to because we didn't live that life. And or and our relatives didn't either.
1: Another big topic is out there and I can't avoid looking at it, but I look want to look away is what's happening in the fall of Kabul. And as the US military is trying to get as many American citizens and Afghan allies out of that airport so I'm fascinated by the airport just like I'm fascinated with the movie Black Hawk Down right when the, the helicopter went down I'm fascinated about the military aspect of these great men and women who are on the wall of this Kabul wall which is just an airport so take LAX which you go to a Burbank airport right or I'm in Las Vegas and imagine imagine everyone rushing to the airport not a modern airport an old airport and barbed wire all around it, and kids are standing in raw sewage with documents that might get ruined and wet after they pass through the Taliban, if they're lucky to get there, begging to get lifted over a wall with an opening of barbed wire to get on a cargo plane because if they don't, they're going to be killed, guaranteed on a timeline in a matter of days. Tom, have you seen anything so insane in your life?
0: Well... We have a friend, Sarah Eckert, who works on, uh, works at ESPN, big show at ESPN. Michael Wilbon. She works with Michael Wilbon. One time on Instagram, she posted something that really brought me to tears. It was about her journey to the United States. She was airlifted out of Vietnam. And the picture she had, she was adopted by a family in Pennsylvania. And the picture she had on Instagram was a 747. And every one of the seats in the 747, it was uh, a baby. Every seat had a baby in it. And she said she was one of those babies. And I looked at her Ah, that made it, it. yeah it was just so heavy but also i wrote the great love letter after that about it says so much about her and it was such a beautiful thing that she shared and made herself vulnerable to so i have seen you know similar things that tug at your heart like that and that's why i'm always uh sticking up for immigrants they are wonderful pilgrims and and uh they you know, at Orange County, a very conservative part of Southern California, the, the Board of Supervisors today was setting up a plan to invite Afghan refugees to Orange County. And I thought that was wonderful.
1: Yeah. And they needed to be vetted and you'll have all the divisiveness on who's getting out and are they vetted. But you know, the one the one soundbite and then I saw the scroll. What's fascinating as this develops is we make a deal with the Taliban, these lunatics, these killers these chaotic human beings that will do anything because we're also they hate isis we hate isis right isis is coming into that region now because there's chaos the taliban's looking over their shoulders waiting for isis to come we're trying to get people out and it's definitely a movie this is a movie i don't know how it's going to end i'm very concerned by this history repeats itself if you look at the fall of saigon it looks like it's part two this to me looks like it has the potential to be more violent and chaotic and more ruthless and it's playing out on our televisions on the national news every night in cable news
0: afghanis kicked alexander the great's ass they kicked the soviet union's ass and now they're not going to let us own their country either so history does repeat itself afghanistan is the bermuda triangle you do not want to take over that country alexander the great couldn't do it the ussr couldn't do it it's the height of their strength and uh and we don't want to be there anymore either you know and the taliban you got to remember this how did people react when colin kaepernick would kneel for the national life you bet you you gotta love your country like i do and you gotta love that song like i do you really we really pressure young men to join military so if you're just a nice young afghani who's 16 17 18 19 strong and muscular they're not letting you sit home and read books you gotta serve your country like we scream at people to do that we scream at people to stand for the flag and we scream at people to be patriotic and they're screaming. So not all the Taliban is lunatics. A lot of times it's 16, 17, 18, 19 year old guys who are being screamed at that they are not men and they don't love their country unless they join. So you do have to have you know, not everybody in any army is a lunatic.
1: Well, I just hope this plays out. I just hope this plays out to the best of the ability. It's very <laughs> uncomfortable to see. Yeah. And it's, it's really crazy to watch it play out every day and get updates on it.
0: And one thing I want to say is someone, I always want to point out my point of view as someone who grew up in a house with no dad. If my dad had never served the country, I would have had one because he got caught, he caught some kind of age agent orange thing that gave him a terrible cancer and, took him before my first day at kindergarten so I always have a chip on my shoulder when it comes to military issues for this reason and that is so many people and this wasn't my dad but so many people us guys will say that God and our family come first but it's not true for thousands and thousands of years politics comes first and we badger people to join armies who have wives and children and uh and we uh we, we we grab a gun and we go fight for i think for, for, his history is, is is long for tens of thousands of years we guys have been too quick to jump and go serve you need to take deep breaths sometimes before
1: we do yeah that. i disagree i've disagreed yeah. with you on that I yeah we've that. always I, gone
0: back I and forth believe
1: that those because i didn't serve this country there's got to be a level yeah, well, and
0: you don't have the same chip on your shoulder because you had a dad
1: Yeah, and there's a level of guilt that I haven't explored because I'm one of the only sports talk hosts who don't go to therapy and talk about it. Oh, my God. By by the way, um, there are two
0: sports talk show hosts who probably need it more than anybody else, and it's probably me and you.
1: (laughs) So, So when I see those men and women on the wall and I see what they're doing there, I can't imagine. I've done some cool stuff in my life. Nothing compares to the heroicism And the passion to protect and save lives, innocent lives, represent your country and go into harm's way. That's always fascinating. Oh, yeah. And what I
0: said is a separate issue from that, of course.
1: Yeah. And what I've always said, you don't want more war movies. I love war movies. (laughs) I I want more Black Hawk Downs and more platoons and more Saving Private Ryan's. And this will be the next wave of that. This fall of Kabul will be something like that. I'm coming up here, and I just pray for everybody who's over there because it's really tough to watch. We got enough?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was uh, a good a podcast, there, God damn uh, it. I can't believe you listened to the whole thing. Now you need some Alka-Seltzer. The JT and Looney podcast is powered by Believe and our friends at BetOnline.com or BetOnline.ag.